Let me say again, church, that it's been a, a blessing for me to be with you here today, this morning. You, uh, you know, preached me so hard this morning, I had to go home and have a nap. Uh, this I'm getting old and, and worn down, and I filled in last Sunday for Brother Avery Brown so he could go on vacation, him and his wife, and then I filled in for Brother Zachary, uh, said he hadn't had a vacation in four years, so... Uh, but it's always nice for me to uh, come here, and uh, God has been using us in a, in a mighty way. Uh, God has blessed us so much and has been so good to us that we can never thank Him. But as we begin this new year, church, I, I want to leave with you one thing tonight. I'm going to read in, in John in two different places, and we're going to uh, talk about Peter just a little bit in John uh, we find it in 21 and also in John and 18. And this is uh, the thing that I want to leave with you. Where are we sitting tonight? Where are we sitting tonight? Now, God, as we begin this year, the, what is gone is past, and we can learn from our mistakes, and we can learn that God uh, is good, and God is great, and God is even better uh, then all of that, because he never leads us up or never forsakes us. But God has got something good uh, uh, for you uh, and for Old Savannah Baptist Church. He's got something great. Uh, if you would only let him uh, uh, use you uh, uh, to be a part, I believe that great things happen to them that love the Lord. God's full of blessing. His storehouse is. And that we have. Now in uh, John, uh, uh, there in chapter 18, uh, uh, verse 25 is one that I want to leave with you. And also in John 21, uh, at verse 9. And when you find that, would you stand and uh, we'll read the Word of God and we'll plow from there if you'll pray for me. John. Chapter 18, verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warned himself. They said, Therefore unto him, Art thou also of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. Turn over to John 21, verse 9. And soon, then, as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid there up on and bread. Our fathers, we come in your presence tonight, thanking you for a wonderful day that you give us life to breathe. Bless those that have lost loved ones and the special objects of prayers that are, are mentioned. Say that one closest to eternity. God bless your word, God, and bless us, God, hide us behind the cross. It's not about me, but it's about you. And God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Let it rule and nestle around our souls, God, and uplift us. God, for we give you glory and honor and praise. And bless this church, bless this pastor, God, and his family, and all of God's children, said amen. You may be sitting. Remember to pray for your pastor that is sick uh, there with his family, so I enter them. 
Now, as I mentioned to you, as I read to you in two parts, uh, uh, there in the book of John. Now, if you go back and read the description of Peter, I guess uh, some of you young people say that he may be a, a, a protege of Stephen McGall, or that he may be a modern-day Rambo. Uh, uh, he was a big, he was a rugged man. He wasn't afraid of anything. Matter of fact, he told God in the garden, he said, I'm going to go with you. I will fight for you until that I die. And he stood along against the Roman soldiers, even took his sword out and cut off a year up there. And God told him to put it up. And he told him, said, Peter, before, before Peter, I know, but before the rooster crows three times that you're going to deny me. So when they, after they come and got Jesus, and we want to title, subtitle this, Standing by the Fire. You know, sometimes when we've done everything that we can do, sometimes we have to stand and wait on God. But here in the 18th chapter, three times, uh, you'll go back and you'll find uh, there uh, in the Scripture, in verse 18, it said, The servants and officers stood there, who made a fire of coal, and it was coal, and they warned themselves, and Peter stood uh, with them and warned himself there. He was standing by the fire, and three uh, times he denied the Christ. Now I want to mention some things in the Bible that you and I have been guilty of the same as Peter. Number one is doubt. Doubt makes you question God's Word and His goodness. Doubt is Satan's number one defense uh, up there to believe. A lot of people can't believe in Christ because they can't believe the virgin birth. They can't believe, they can't comprehend it in their mind that this can happen. And therefore they think it's just a, a fairy tale or a book or somewhere. There is doubt in their life. And as God's children, there is no doubt. Uh, in your life, when you begin to think about it. He's made everything plain to you. He's made you away. He's washed you. He's cleaned you. He, he provides for you. And let me say this, without a prayer life, there is no power in your life. You have to have a prayer life, communication between you and God. And here Peter uh, uh, stood by the doorway and he had doubt in his mind. I don't know this man. The Bible said 17 up there and said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter. Are you also one of this man's disciples? And he said, I'm not. Doubt sometimes calls us uh, to uh, think about our Creator and push Him off in the back. Sometimes a doubt gets us in front of us of God sometimes, and we stand by the fire uh, uh, there uh, doubting what that God can do. I don't know where heaven's at. I know it's somewhere up there. I know it's coming down. I know that God is there and is here, and He blesses His people. There's no sense to doubt Him in, the, in this world. What a time that we're going to have this summer, this year that's coming by. Every ten years, every decade, there's something drastic that's going to happen uh, in this decade. 
and we've only been through it uh, starting on the fifth year, and we've also seen some drastic things. What are you talking about? I'm talking about up there in Texas uh, that they've ordered up all the pastor's sermons and telephone calls and take away the freedom of speech. I'm talking about our officers being killed at random. I'm talking about overseas warfare. I'm talking about government. I'm talking about the home life. It's going to take an old time a revival that's blood bought to clean America up today to where that God can live in our churches, in our hearts. God is not welcome in a lot of our churches today. And if we worship Him, we must worship Him in the Spirit. Not only doubt, there's discouragement. As you look around, the Bible said there's a time for everything. Just don't let the discouragement get you down. Peter was discouraged. He there was willing to fight to give his life. He didn't want to give up Christ. But yet, the discouragement got to him, and when it come down to him, up there, uh, uh, when they asked him again, uh, there in the Scripture, in verse 25, Peter said, I am not of that disciple. Discouragement. Discouragement today, because people think that God ought to do uh, what they think that he ought to do. They be discouraged uh, with the church. They discouraged with the pastor, husband, discouraged with wife, uh, wife discouraged with husband. Kids are even discouraged against their parents, and their parents are discouraged against their kids. What a time we're living in where our children are murdering parents, and parents are murdering children. Our jails cannot hold any more people. We're going to have to build bigger jails. But I got a remedy for that. I got a remedy through the blood that Christ can take away the doubt and discouragement that we have in our church. I've always said if you wanted a new pastor, you wanted somebody new, pray for the one that you got. God will make him new. God will use him in a different way. I don't believe in swapping all the time. You can't get settled. God has an opportunity. Not only that, we find here that Peter, the modern-day Rambo, he was in denial. I don't know this man cry. I've never seen this man cry. I've not been with him. I've seen people like that today, aren't you? You were the church crowd on Sunday morning through the week. You were the devil's crowd. Huh? Anything don't go. There's no straddle of the fence. Either you're in one place or the other. You're on one side or the other. There's no straddle. And God knows it. And if you're trying to straddle the fence, you don't have any joy in your salvation. You've got to have joy. Joy gives you that desire from God to want to, the drive to do, instead of deny. What an opportunity. I'll share this little story and move along. I played ball, just about any kind of ball. I love playing ball. We were in the state championship. We're down on either side of the state. My mama wore a size 22 dress, wore a little old white bonnet on her head. I can just see her today, and a white pocketbook like a suitcase, about like that. My daddy was a little man. He wore a size 6 shoe. And he was strong as any big man that you've ever seen. He was small in statue. I carried the ball down there, and I run around. 
up the end on a reverse, and I was going towards the goal line, and all of a sudden my lights went out. This boy on the opposing team later went on next year to the Oakland Raiders. But Mike Jamison said when he got to me, he said, my mouthpiece was knocked out and my eyes going around like a slot machine. And here come my mom. You know, parents ain't allowed on the field. Here come my mama through the fence uh, coming to check on her son. And it was kind of comical, her big, my daddy behind her, him, her, him a little man, carrying her big pocketbook. <laughs> they, those that remember that, don't let me live that down. It, it was a case, so I did not, well, that's not my mama. That's not my daddy. I don't know who them folks is. You may have a, a, a time like that in your life. When you're embarrassed by what is happening, you have a, a denial. And Peter had the now. Here he was, a modern-day Rambo. Could whoop just about any one man or two put together. The Bible said that he was so rugged that he even cursed. What a man that it was. But here he stood in the tomb, warming by the fire that he had doubt. He was discouraged. And now that he brings forth the now. Then not only that, there's the version. Bible said a house that does not uh, uh, pull together can be separated. Will not stand. In other words, the scripture said a house divided cannot stand. Diversion makes you look at your problems rather than at God. See, your problems is not that big when God takes over. But if God don't take you, they're big problems that you don't know how in the world they're going to get solved. How in the world is Peter going to get back on the graces of God uh, here that he's doubted him, he's discouraged, he's, he's denial, and here there is a virgin all in the court as people warming by the fires. Are you this man? But God never forgets you because when you're saved, he writes your name by his son Jesus' blood in the book, never be taken out. Paul said it's sealed until the day of redemption. No man can take your name out of that book. What an opportunity. Diversion. We have diversion. The devil tries to avert uh, uh, these diversions to take away uh, the joy from God's people in church. We're going to have ups and downs. We're going to have doubt. We're going to have confusion. We're going to have diversion. But God is greater than all of that. If we'll let God have it. But when we take matters into our own hands, we bring forth this nasty word, defeat. Defeat is one uh, there that makes us feel like that we're failures and there's no use to try. Defeat, devil uses that good. The Bible says, the shod your feet with the gospel. The whole, the sword of salvation that cuts both ways. See, God's sword, His word, cuts both ways. Like we, a lot of people have, have been defeated because that we didn't give it all to God. God just don't want just a little part of it. God wants it all. Give it all to Him. He can take care of any trouble. And the main part here. And this woman by the fire, 
is this little word called delay. Have you ever been that way? Well, let's put it off tomorrow. Let me tell you what the Bible said about uh, doubt and delay. The Bible said that John the Baptist was in prison and he sent another one of his disciples to see if this was Jesus or for them to look for another man and him knowing Jesus. Elizabeth and Mary being kin, close kin. Here's something else. Paul was in prison and winter time was coming and he sent a letter to Timothy. said, Timothy, bring me uh, some books to read. Bring me a, a warmer cloak, a coat. Uh, bring me some comfort and just come and see you. And what did uh, uh, Timothy said? Winter's coming on. I'll wait till after the snow. I'll wait till the, uh, after the bad weather before I go to Rome. And when it's spring and the weather broke, he got all the things that Paul requested. And he went to Rome and went to the prison and asked the prisoner, told the prisoner, God, I'm here to see this one man named Paul. And the guard said, haven't you heard? He's been beheaded. He's been hung. He's dead. Peter delayed. His mentor, Paul, died in prison by the hands of the king. Makes you put off doing something so that it never gets done. That's what delay is. Hey, I believe in giving people why you roses. If you like them, you love them, they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. Tell them. Don't wait till they die and say uh, they was all right. Tell them now. Be the rose in their life. Share and help them and bear their burden. Then we find in the next chapter in 21, uh, we find here that not, uh, there's another fire. And here we find that the men, if you'll read the first of the verse there in 21, of uh, the disciples was gathered there, and, and Peter said, I believe I'll go fishing. And they all decided that they would go fishing too with Peter. And in this fishing and in this place to where that there was, that Christ had come up there, and they knew what it was. And he built a fire. And on this fire, he put fish. And he, and he put bread. Uh, and uh, he was standing at the shore. And he hollered out to his disciples, Have you any luck? And they hollered back, No. And immediately he said, Cast your nets on the other side. And they remembered the words that God told them. When James and John and Andrew was fishing and toil all night, cast your nets on the other side. They knew that it was the voice of God. They knew it so bad that Peter pulled off his cloak, jumped into the sea, and swam to shore. And the others came on there with the opportunity and the love to break bread together. The fire of restriction, of fellowship, that we have. You cannot have fellowship with your brothers and sisters until you have fellowship with God. God makes that plain. How can we love our brother uh, uh, that we hate and love God whom we've not seen? 
See, we made a contrast. We built ourselves by the fire. We decided we just don't like those people. But we find here, uh, by the fire, there is bread, fish, the net was filled, and Jesus said, uh, there in the Scripture, come and die. And he's asking us as a church tonight to stand by this fire and come and die, eat of the bread of life, drink of the water that you never thirst again, that the blood has given you life and it's given you more abundantly today. What opportunity that, the determination of faithfulness. Old Peter could have said, I don't want anything else to do with you, Christ. I've denied you three times. I've tried to fight for you. I've lied. My word has been no good. They took you anyway. But the Bible said by just hearing his voice, he, he girded himself and naked he swam to sore because he knew whose voice it was. To have fellowship with God. We have to have fellowship with him first before we can have fellowship with others. You want a good marriage? Put God first in your life through His Son Christ. You want to be pleasing on the job? Put God first in your life. You want to be have a good church? Put God first in your life. You want to have a good singing? Put God first in your life. All these other things will be added unto you. To have good fellowship, you have to have Christ. And doing that, you have to get rid of all these weights. That's weighing you down. I, I really, deep down, I, I think and I care on the surface of what people think about me. But deep down in, I realize I don't depend on them for me to get to heaven, to feel the power of God and the Spirit of God moving in their life. It's an individual thing. It's a union between man and God. The faithfulness on the cross sealed the covenant between man and God. Jesus sealed that deal. Hey, I don't have enough money in my pocketbook. I don't have enough money in the bank. I don't have enough wealth to buy any of God's joy or happiness or fellowship that He gives to us. There's no price. Jesus paid the price for you and I to have it, to obtain it. It's yours. It's a free gift. All you got to do is accept it to make us better people. The life in fellowship. Oh, I, I'm excited. I, I love to preach down here. And by the congregation, I was looking at someone like the skunk this morning. <laughs> I, they had enough. Wouldn't come back. But anyway, you, you know, you knew. That the opportunity to have. I love to preach at church all night. On Sunday morning, when I preach to 270, 300 people, on down to that, even uh, to 20 people that I preach to, and in between like that, uh, God really has to use me. But when I come on Sunday night and I look at the crowd, I see that these are God's people. They come to worship. They'll pray for you. They'll sing about God. And you can go to meeting now. On Sunday evening, because you put forth that effort and love to come. And what I'm telling you tonight is is not. I've heard people say, I know there at church one time, Lebron was sick and out, and and I I preached a sermon, and uh, 
And his brother Kenneth told him, he said, Boy, he said, you sure missed the service this morning. He said, the preacher talked about you in his message all morning. <laughs> it was about you. That's sometimes how we look at other people. And well, the message is for them, I, I'm not guilty. But there is a delight. I was glad when he said, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm glad to feel the presence of God when he shows up within our hearts and lives and works and saves and blesses and heals other people. They're delighting coming into church. We go back to Psalms 46, another Psalms in the book where David was thrilled to go to God's house just to be there. And I, I know I come this morning, I come tonight looking for something good to happen, for God to bless us, to, to live. A church is a place to fellowship with one another. My granddaughter told my wife that my mother named me wrong. Said it, and this come from a five-year-old. That Grandma Artie ought to name Grandpa Aggravation. He ought to name him Aggravation. Amen. Oh, that's my way of getting along with people. Aggravate people a little bit, have fun with them, and old things. I've always been a jokester. Uh, God wants us to have a Christian life that where people can look and see that we're illuminated, that we're light, that we have the determination that God lives within us. The Bible said a light on the hill with a bushel of it is no good. It's got to be open to where the city can see. And you may be the only Bible that some people see in your life. Oh, it's a delight to come to worship God. This is just another Stepping stone for me on my way home. And by my age, it ain't going to be long till I get to reach that other side. And the way the worlds are going, I, I maybe have to change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye to get there. In closing, standing by this fire, Jesus forgives Simon Peter. There is in our life that there demonstrates in our life that there has to be forgiveness. I'm not talking about I'll forgive you, but I can't forgive. I'm talking about demonstrating the forgiveness that it's gone. My wife said I got a mind like an elephant. Said I'll bring up something happened 20 years ago. And sometimes we as people, we've got to get the last words in. Sometimes hurt. And it ain't good words, it's hurt words. And I found out the least you say is, least you have to get forgiveness of. Demonstrate forgiveness. God's people should be number one. We look around, we see number one in uh, football, who's college champion, who's going to be pro champion basketball, who's number one. Read in the first book of Revelation and you'll find that God is number one in creation and everything. Everybody how? What a blessing. Oh, I, I've enjoyed it tonight. Just remember where that you're at. Are you standing by the fire of doubt, discouragement, warming by diversity and defeat and delay? Are you standing by the fire where that you can come and die? That you can have bread of life, the water 
that you'll never thirst again if you'll take of this water. Bread that will thirst your hunger. What an opportunity that God is giving you of those things. For he says, I am he. You'll find that John says seven times in the scripture from chapter 1 to 15. Five things. For Jesus said, I am. I am. He is the giver of life. He is the light of the world. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the true vine. He is the resurrection of the dead. I am the resurrection. Martha, if you don't really believe it, I am the resurrection. Yeah, Lord, I know that someday you're going to raise my brother alive. Jesus said, but you don't understand. I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He's everything to you and to me tonight. Stand by the fire of forgiveness. Stand by the fire that we have of faithfulness and fellowship. And what an opportunity it is. God requires that of us. You know, I found out as they come back and get some song as we fellowship, I found out in my life that jealousy, envy, and strife, and revenge, trying to get rid of other people, will take everything that you expect out of life, it will take it from you to where that you will become miserable and don't enjoy life at all. Let those things go. Hey, don't you like that old song they used to sing, if mama don't go on, hinder me? Daddy won't go on, hinder me? Don't let anything steal your joy. Your happiness in God. Because that gives us hope. And the vitality of it is like vitamins. That wants us to keep it. You don't know how many times I left the church and pastoring without a break for 44 years. Four churches is all I've had in 44 years without a break. Many times I'd go home and say, this is my last Sunday. I'll tell them next Sunday. I'll tell them next Sunday, I'm true. Thank God that somebody prayed in the midst of the time. Before Sunday come around, God will say, I'll tell you when it's time. You suck up your pride. Tie your necktie a little looser and get to business and go to plow. Do what I call you to do so you can enjoy your salvation. Joy. Let us stand. Shake hands with your neighbor. And by the way, everybody won't be happy tonight. You invite me home with you for about the supper. Make me and my family happy. And then I'll make you happy. I'll tell you we can't go. We've got another place. And we'll all be happy. In the garden of Gethsemane, I can see our Savior's there. As he talked to the Father in earnest prayer, 
He said, if it be thy will, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But if not, Lord, it satisfies me. Now if it satisfies you, Lord, then it satisfies me. These few words may my prayer ever be. If you'd have me on a mountain or in a valley on my knees, either way, Lord, it satisfies me. Now the signs of the times, they are on every hand. How my heart longs to see the promised land. If I go by the grave or in the rapture, your face I'll see. Either way, Lord, you satisfies me. Now if it satisfies you, Lord, then it satisfies me. These few words, may my prayer ever be. If you'd have me on a mountain or in a valley on my knees, either way, Lord, it satisfies me. Now if you'd have me on a mountain or in a valley on my knees, either way, Lord, it satisfies me.